0: Welcome to Veterans State of Mind, I'm your host Geraint Jones and I'm reading today's um, guest's biography because I was like, you know what, I'm going to go cheat a bit here, yeah? I'm going to go on the internet, look at his biography and it's long <laughs> so I'm going to pick a few parts out. In fact, you know what, I'm just going to ad lib, uh, today's guest, awesome bloke, real kind of powerhouse of a human being, compassionate human being too though, um, a United States Marine Corps veteran, you know we love the Marines on this show, uh, an entrepreneur, um, very well traveled man, very well versed man, very well read man. Uh, his name is David Wood, and um, really enjoyed today's conversation. We go all over the place from talking about religion, um, situation with China, um, situation with our own governments, um, military. Uh, just we're all, we're all over the place, but I really really enjoyed the conversation and, and David's company, and I'm sure you will do too. Um, I just want to say a thank you as ever to our sponsors. Um, please please do. Uh, support these companies guys they are veteran they are veteran operated they do support veterans we couldn't do anything without them um so check them out Uh, you'll hear more about them uh at some point in the show i'm going to slip a little uh slip a little commercial in there somewhere um and then at the end of the podcast guys if you could go and follow david go and follow the sponsors we really appreciate it and um, please as ever if you enjoyed today's episode please tell a mate please share it on social media all right guys without further ado ado, without further ado, please give a very warm welcome to Mr. David Wood. Mate, welcome to the podcast. Appreciate you giving us your time today. How are you doing?
1: Doing well, brother. In the good, safe, southern United States. So uh, it's, it's great to be back over here.
0: United States 2.0. Exactly.
1: You know what, man? Should we just, <laughs> should we just get straight into politics? Like,
0: actually, I, I suppose we should give people a bit of background before we do it, because I'm really interested in talking about what's going on in the world today. And and I know people are going to get a kick out of that, but I suppose we should introduce you to those who don't know you. Can you give us like the 10,000 foot view and then we'll just talk a little bit about your background?
1: Yeah, my name is David Johnson Wood. I'm originally a Tennessee native, born in Chattanooga, Tennessee. Uh, Went in the Marines 99, 2006. Went to University of Tennessee after that, double majored philosophy, religious studies, I um, took a job immediately at graduating over in Hong Kong, where I would be going into mainland China and all over Southeast Asia. I'm a permanent resident of Hong Kong as well. I was there until 2020, then was in Vietnam for half a year, and I've been in Marbella, Spain since then. So my wife and daughters are currently in Marbella, um, and we're planning a return to Tennessee. Probably by, I'd say, Q3 next year. Fully moved in
0: is tennessee going through um the same kind of thing as you get in with texas at the moment with like a drain of people from california new york all that
1: that's why i've got to wait until q3 i've got to see what happens with the uh maybe even q4 we've got to see what happens with the midterms and see if see if these progressive nuts can go back to their freaking cities and leave us <laughs> alone and let the property prices go back to normal because they're they're double right now Wow. Yeah, everybody. Cities U-Haul. If you track the the um, Penske and U-Haul trailers, I mean, it's Knoxville, Tennessee, Austin. Those are the hubs. We're getting more people than Nashville right now.
0: And this was already happening before the um, new presidency and everything, right? There was already people, a lot of people moving to Austin, Nashville, that kind of thing.
1: Yeah, it's state tax. There's no state tax in Tennessee. Um, really, with COVID. And the restrictions where you started seeing governors take control and and have some balls and fight against these mandates and these overreaches of power, you had people fleeing from the cities. Because you had places like New York and um, and L.A., you know, Greater Cali that have just been on a, you know, businesses shut down, overtaxed, mandate after mandate, and, and their leaders out partying, you know, Gavin Newsom especially who just made it through the recall. So you've got those people kind of doing mass exodus. You see Elon Musk move Tesla to Texas. Yeah. Like
0: when the, when Newsom won the recall, that was when I was kind of like, oh, I guess people are just committed to going down with a ship at this point. You know?
1: Or it's totally rigged as we saw. In the <laughs> yeah. election.
0: Well, I mean, with the, I was just looking before we got on, um, to record, I was just looking at the results last night from the governor, governor's race in New Jersey. And like, look, I don't know what went on there, but again, we have an ele- we have a result where it's like, oh, it looks like it's going to go against the, you know, going to go against the Democratic Party, and then all of a sudden, overnight, oh, and now he's won it. And look, as listeners of this podcast know, I am neither Republican supporter or Democratic supporter. I think the whole system is as bad as each other, and that's why I think, to be honest, you won't hear a stink kicked up by Republican Party members because they benefit from the same system. You know they suckle from the same teat, so to put it. Have you have you had a look at the governors' races that were going on last night?
1: Not New Jersey, Virginia ended up just the way that we we hoped it it would. Yeah,
0: yeah. I mean, like, even though I don't, I wouldn't consider myself someone that really supports the Republicans. If the choice is them or the current Democratic Party, then you know that's kind of where I. Uh, well,
1: where that I, I mean, there. you said it. You said it. That's it. I'm. I. I vote individually for either party that is that is practicing what they preach and and doing for the people what they promise. And I lean right now far more conservative because the progressive left is is just blatant Marxist ideology. It's communism. Um, and, And there's no other way to say that, you know, moderate Democrats are being silenced. And it's just it's a, it's a, it's a madhouse. It's a nut house.
0: So, and you speaking with authority on this. This isn't, you know, David's not regurgitating points he's heard on the internet. This is a man that spent time in that part of the world and knows communism firsthand. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's, it's fair to say. I, I really want to talk about that later. But first of all, let's let's talk a bit about what kind of like shaped your worldview. You know, as a child, you've got uh, a lot of books behind you. There, your dad was a was a pastor. So what, what kind of growing up then, what was, um, you know, what was the kind of like the, the principles and the ethos and stuff that was instilled into you as a, as a child?
1: So my dad's lineage is Scottish and Norwegian. I'm going to, when I get back to Spain, I'm going to go see my grandmother's house. That's still in Norway. Oh, nice. It was Ashkenazi Jew. So her mother had lived, had fled and, and lived in Cuba and her grandfather had lived, they'd been in Lithuania and, and Ukraine. Um, we celebrated Hanukkah. We celebrated Christmas. My mother was a Messianic Jew. She passed away last year. But um, we lived all over. I mean, I grew up in Boston, predominantly you know, Irish, a lot of Catholic. And my dad took me on mission trips. I traveled all over since I was young. Um, so I've never grown up with kind of the, I think, too common, a lot of the American Ideology, which is we are alone over here, we are the superpower and the only ones alive, and we don't need a passport. We kind of <laughs> can't tell where any of the other countries are on the map, which you know sadly is is, is the case in a lot of places, um, stateside. So my you know my worldview, my background belief, I've I've always grown up knowing Christ. I haven't always followed. I've, I've done the polar opposite actually for for long periods of my life. Um, I'm, I'm a bit of the prodigal son. But, yeah.
0: Because the thing I found about religion, so I went through a thing of religion, of being very kind of anti-religion. You know, I was very much along the lines of, oh, it starts wars and all this. And then I kind of, like, the the, the more I started to, you know, I suppose, grow up a bit, the more I started to realize about the world was actually, you know, it's, it's the same way that I used to be opposed to gun ownership in the UK. Because I think, oh, well, guns kill people. and Religion starts wars. And then what you realize is, well, actually, both of them require a human being to use them in the wrong way and that it's the the problem is a human problem rather than you know like and and I now I had a, a, a chat with my friend Vaughn who's a pastor over in the states um and um I was saying to him I was like dude I said I sometimes I really wish I had religion because and and I do think you don't necessarily need to have it but what it does give you is a code and I think having a code is essential to having a happy, fulfilled, um, fulfilling life. I just, you know, I don't see. It. And yeah, you can make your own code, but that usually takes, like you, mate, a lot of like a lot of this before you then you figure out that code. Or you can just get it to begin with. I mean, there's obviously pros and cons. So, you know, with you in religion, then what was it that made you kind of stray away from the path, and what kind of brought you back onto it?
1: Well, just, well, First off, going back to what you said, I mean, I, I couldn't agree more. Like we, I think we can all say, religion too often becomes a business, mm-hmm. right? We look at the we, we look at the Catholic Church. What had the the what is it? Three hundred and twenty thousand kids molested just in France over the past decade that just came out. Um, I've spent a good part of my recent life battling human trafficking and being involved in this network and this network and. So tragically, it always ends up back to the church, back to the doctors, back to the the government, back to law enforcement. I mean, so many at the highest, highest um, positions are, you know, so often the, the, the ones behind it. So anytime man gets involved and tries to replace the direct connection and intimate relationship with our creator, with God, with Yahweh, with Allah, with you know, wh- whatever you want to say, we run into the chaos of power, greed, mm. business, money, war, <laughs> power, yeah, okay. right? And everything that goes with it. So uh, for me, it took understanding how to build and grow in that intimate relationship with God and to understand that the church is community. It's the body of Christ. This is a place that I go to worship, but it's like, you don't go to the gym one time a week to do full body and then say, I'm an athlete. You train every single day and you might go to a conference once or twice a month to meet other fitness trainers, other supplement creators. Other race directors, other, you know, you that's the family that you're a group of athletes. You go with them and you grow together there, but you put in the work by yourself. You know, you can have a pastor that you love to follow, or a, a, a priest, or a rabbi, or a um Iman that you love to listen to, a monk. Um, but you're the one that has to put in the work. You know, if if we if we have a child come and grab us in the street. And we, we turn around and we don't know who this kid is. And it says, I'm hungry. You know, give me money. Give me this. You and I are good guys. I I, I think we are. Mm-hmm. I hope I am. <laughs> I would hope that I give them the change that I had in my pocket. And I might, depending on how filthy they are and what I'm wearing, pick them up and, and take them to any place that I could, could get them safe. But normally, and you know, you've been to Pakistan, India, where streets are mobbed and whatnot. The usual thing is, I don't know this person. I don't know what they're going for. They might be a pickpocket, mm-hmm. just kind of scrap off and and scrap off. If it's our child, if it's my little son, my little daughters, my little twins, I love them. I know them. I raised them. They're mine. They could ask me for anything and I would give it to them. Before I had that intimate relationship with God, with Christ, with the Holy Spirit, I was just this kid tagging and pulling and asking him for things when my ship was sinking and the shit hit the fan. Mm. And you know it's uh, that's the the best way i know how to describe the growing in the word for formation for transformation you know so we call it sanctification the atonement is is the crucifixion the resurrection the cost the you know the the reconciliation is the debt being wiped god saying all right it's back you know you it's it's before sin it's before the garden our dna is reconnecting now and then sanctification is understanding the holy spirit and saying, David has to die to David, and I have to build that intimate relationship with the almighty creator, because we're just stardust, right? Yeah. We're, we're, we're soul, we're vessels, this is you know corporeal reality, we're the tangible here. But this is fading. You and I are closer to death right now than we were this time yesterday. So. Jesus Christ.
0: <laughs> Mate, yeah. Um, something that I kept thinking as you were talking then was, and it just kind of clicked to me, was... I think so much of um, the reason that I maybe, and again, I I don't believe in God. Oh, sorry. I don't believe in beard God, but I believe in God, if that makes sense. You know, something greater than us that we can understand. Like, that's kind of my thing. Yeah. But, you know, I think one of the things with religion is admitting that you don't have all the answers, which is maybe why it's harder for a lot of young men to kind of come to it, because it's admitting that, you know what, actually I don't have the answers, and actually I, I need to learn from somebody else and that there is something bigger than me because obviously one thing that almost all young men have in common is a giant ego so i think Mm. it can be quite hard to you know whether it's religion or a father figure or whatever it can be quite hard for us because you know a father figure is obviously a common a common theme between religions um and you know whether you've got religion in your life or not we all look for a father figure be in a uh, be a mentor or you know a Maybe a coach, a, a school team, or something. Um, and I, yeah, I think that the the other thing as well, mate, is you, you you talk about you know you asking him for things. And I was just thinking about when we were in Afghanistan. All of a sudden, everyone's religious, <laughs> you know. Wait, wait, and and I think it's very easy for people in the West. Um, you know, I'm a big fan of Ricky Gervais, and I but I always think to him you've like, okay, I know he came from a reasonably poor UK family, but a poor UK family is royalty in most of the world. Right. So it's like you've never worried about someone coming in, raping your mum in front of you and then murdering her. You've never worried about starving. You've never worried about this. And I thought you probably wouldn't be as much of an you probably wouldn't be as certain on this atheism stuff if you had. And I think one of the problems with atheism is, like, look, because like, look, mate. I'll put my hands up and say I could be very wrong in all of my beliefs. But the atheism thing is you're kind of putting your hands up and saying, I'm certain in my beliefs. And I just think that that brings us back to ego It to say that, oh, there is, there can definitely be no God because it's not proven by science, blah, blah, blah. That to me is just the pinnacle of, you know, just an ego, like a, an egotistic position on it. I'm waffling a bit here, mate, because I'm just thinking off uh, the top of my head, but
1: I love it. I love it. I mean, there's, it's, it's hard. I always can appreciate an agnostic that says, I don't know. Mm -hmm. We were definitely created by something, by a power. You cannot get something from nothing. And science is magic that describes (laughs) creation. You know, the scientific revolution we had was needed because people were tired of killing each other for things that you couldn't prove. It's Christians against Muslims and then it's Catholics against Protestants and then it's Eastern Orthodox against. And I mean, it gets down to a thing where you're just, you know, you're, you're, you're the Balkans. Yeah. (laughs) It's like enough, like enough, give me something I can prove. And let's all agree on that. And I mean, that gets us into where I think you and I really started chatting on Instagram over the C word. Well, the two C words, you know, climate change where we're in this conundrum of atheists using religion, using science to be their new religion. Mm -hmm. And the hierarchy there, the cult is there, you know, you can argue with some fundamentalist fire and brimstone Baptists. Which will say, if you're gay, you're going to hell. If you've had an abortion, you're going to hell. You can't drink. You can't dance. Where, you know, And the, and the earth is 6,000 years old where you're like, I'm going to go hang with the atheists over here. It's <laughs> like, whoa, whoa, yeah. whoa, whoa. whoa. Um, and those people are going to cancel you. They're going to say, no, you're gay. You've had an abortion. You've done this. No, no, no. You're canceled. You're canceled. And you can't talk to them. You can't reason with them. It's a thing where you just have to say, man, I love you. I don't, you know, I, you you drank the Kool Aid. You, you're interpreting things wrong. Like the first, the first human being that saw Christ resurrected was a woman who used to be a whore. Like that's Christ. Mm. That's that's who. That's who saved us all. Um, and that's what's coming out of the well. Let's just say communist, Marxist, progressive left globally right now. It's if you disagree with us, if you're a scientist that goes against the narrative, if you say intervectum works, if you go against mask mandates, if you go against this, we're not going to argue with you. You've gone against the hierarchy. You've gone against the religion. You're a heretic and you're canceled. You might as well be burned at the stake. We're going to cancel you. We're going to silence you. And just as the fire and brimstone, you know, far, far right, Southern Baptists would, you know, would, would cancel you, and you would—they would call you a heretic. It's the same with the new religion of science in that community. I was canceled. I, I they, they, right when I moved to Spain in mid 2020, after putting all you know stuff, scientific data, not conspiracy theory stuff, mm-hmm. just basic, you know, Harvard links on masks and <laughs> the oh, room. <laughs> Not anything, not anything scary, um, was was completely disabled, right? When I hit a certain area demographic, one of Facebook's little fact checkers and socialist Spain said, you're kanked. They didn't say you're in the little timeout or anything. They said, you're disabled. If you want to have your data, your pictures, everything you put in here, give us a 3D, like a full scan of your face. Hmm. And I reached out to my CMO, who was uh, with the uh, agencies in the UK, with the M's, and he's like, dude, don't do that. Lose your data. Like, yeah. disconnect. Don't give them anything they can use to, you know, superimpose your face and later on. But I mean, that's that, that was kind of my wake up. And and I'm nobody, you know, and for me to get canceled and, and tanked like that. And this was just for sharing stuff on masks. Um, I had said when BLM really started getting big and I, I I was really interested, you know, have blacks had it tough in America? Of course. Have they? Has it been horrible for them? Of course, no one is saying that it hasn't been. Um, but to say only this demographic matters right now, and then to look into the—I just look at the leaders. Is who's leading this? Mm-hmm. Okay, here, here, here's two, here's two gals that say on video we are trained Marxists. I, I'm like, all right, look no further. So I was sharing links to that, and and it, you know. Magically enough, when I got to uh, got to Spain, I got I got completely cancelled. So, you know, going back to atheism, going back to being cancelled—if you can't prove it, it's that you know there's no argument. It, it's I, I think that's where we are right now with the um, with the religion of science.
0: And like you said, mate, like what's worrying about it to me is I can understand—you know—they want to silence political opposition at the top and things, but it's the when they're silencing joanne with 10 followers on facebook and stuff that's when i'm thinking like well this is really different you know this is different and and by different i mean it's different in the recent history of the west it's not very different when you consider what's been going on in the rest of the world and a lot of other places but let's stick on this religious thing for a moment because this i find this fascinating We've had really clear skies here the last few days. So when I finish working out in the evening, I'll look up the stars and my head just starts to throb, basically. So we can talk a little bit about that. But I do believe that there is something inside us all that requires quote-unquote religion. You know, So an atheist who is absolutely certain in their convictions that there is no religion, that kind of becomes their de facto religion. We've seen it with, with wokeism. You know that that is a religion, and and it makes total sense because all of us need purpose in life. I think one of the things any veteran listening to this, they hear us banging on every episode. You got to find purpose. You got to find purpose. You got to find purpose, and it's very hard to find purpose unless you have a framework to attach it onto. Um, so that framework might be I've got to do for some people for the glory of God, you know, and for other people it's going to be I've got to do it for my family, or but you, there has to be you know, a a purpose in there. And obviously there's a lot of overlap between these things, but, um, you know, the, the difference with a lot of these things, and you, you said it yourself is if it, if it is a, um, if it's something that can't be questioned, then it's not just a religion at that point, but it's a very kind of dangerous one because anybody outside of that then becomes an enemy and a threat to your religion. Now, it matters. It matters nothing to me that you are religious, um, a, a religious Christian, and that I um, am just basically what I would say a big question mark. You know that matters. That doesn't matter to either one of us because neither one of us considers the other one a threat. Right. But when you have someone, it's like if anybody doesn't, agree, and I can ask you questions about it, and I can go, oh "Well, I can see that. Well, I disagree with that." You know, and then we can ad- agree to disagree but there's this marxist kind of ideologies and everything which is what it is and with this big slap like big slap on the top of it of um this kind of religion it makes for a really really dangerous combination and i don't, i don't think that people like, so my, my brother, for instance, I would say is mildly woke. He's been quite woke in his time. It depends who he's dating at the time, to be quite honest. And I may Hey, I'll put it out. I went vegan for a while because of a woman. So I'm not going to, I'm not holding that against any young man, yeah. but you know, I, I don't think that people really think through where these things are going. So if you are somebody who, you know, you're a young person right now, let's say at university, you, of course, you want to make um, lives better for other people. Of course, Black Lives Matter. Of course, Trans Lives Matter. All of this stuff, you know, sounds great, and it is great, and it. But it doesn't need to just exist in that wokeism kind of sphere. But I don't think any of them understand this. You know, the 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 basically the long term consequences of this kind of thinking is that deliberate. Are we deliberately not teaching people where this stuff goes? You know, so. Like what? I guess what I'm asking is like, what is the kind of the the education?
1: We're banning books that show where it goes. Anything that compels against the left narrative right now is white supremacy, racist, male patriarch propaganda to to the T. I mean, look at Trump. Look at this guy. Whether you like Trump or not, I mean, such a such an easy task the guy had to just behave himself on Twitter, (laughs) right? Well, well, literally, well, Kushner should have the Nobel Peace Prize for having peace in the Middle East, and and Jews allowed in and Israelis allowed in UAE. I mean, it's the the things, um, you know, slamming Iran just as a military guy, as as you and I, as combat vets. It's like you're watching these things, and the. And the only things that overshadow them are the man's tweets. Mm. Now, I was never trying to date Donald Trump. I was never trying to get in his pants or get with him. So I, his tweets weren't offending. me. You know, I, I didn't I, I don't even have a Twitter account. So I would get a giggle when I'd see these things. And there were loads of things that I couldn't stand that the guy said. Go, You know, saying John McCain wasn't a good um warrior because he was captured and was a pow i mean it made my skin crawl it was just like from a flat foot draft dodging (laughs) cow to say this about a vet is 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 ridiculous but he is the only politician in my lifetime that i've seen that went against both parties Hmm. and let's go let's peel the onion back a little deeper went against the owners of both parties right yeah And, I mean, that's where I, like, the whole conundrum that we're in right now, I see spawning and going into overdrive from the last four years where he was president.
0: Well, I think his voting in was a symptom of the condition that that he has also accelerated. Because, you know, Trump's vote, the people that voted for Trump were basically, it was an anti-establishment vote. So people back then were already already had enough of, you know, people were, people were sick of the... We we all know that we're getting fucked. We all know it. And, he, you know, Trump was a, a vote against that the same way as I think Brexit was a vote against it over here. Where, where like, my I have my issues with Trump, the biggest one being that he's a draft dodger. Um, I just don't think that you should be allowed to be commander-in-chief if you dodge the draft. I just don't see it. But... I agree. Um, but what... My biggest issue with Trump is that once he was in, I think there were so many people in America who were sick of the usual business-as-usual politics that I think he had a great chance to bring the center together, you know, and he didn't take it. And that, to me, is a, a... like. It's one of the biggest mistakes. And I don't know if it's it's his his ego that got the best of him, or if he thought his best chance for re-election was going further to the right or what. But I think he missed such an opportunity to bring the country together. And that could have been one of the greatest legacies of any US president.
1: I mean, I I honestly couldn't say it better myself, brother. I did a podcast with Mike Glover, uh, a buddy of mine who was a um green beret sergeant major went over and worked for grs for a long time and he said something that will always stick with me and he said to be a great leader you have to be empathetic and he said i love so much of what trump's done but the man lacks empathy and you just nailed it i mean you said it he had the greatest opportunity ever to bring us together and he just couldn't help <laughs> <laughs>
0: and he was funny <laughs> i gotta take it he's he said some funny shit
1: he couldn't help naming people and throwing it yeah and it's that politics you know it's the dirtiest game and when you expose fake news um fake news is gonna partner with the fbi and the cia as they always have always always and they're gonna rile against you to remove you because people need to be brainwashed I you know I remember I was a sergeant I was a salt dog flying back from a double cats in the Mojave Desert back to back and and I flew out on 9 11 my had bread in the oven my 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 first wife was pregnant with my son Jaden who went into the Marines as well um, and I landed back at Camp Lejeune on 9 11 and when we were the first boots on the ground going over to Kandahar going from Oman to Pakistan staging in Pakistan and then going into Kandahar and I remember. You know, this was before our smartphones and everything else, right? It was like there was Skype. You had some pretty snazzy Nokia, I think, camera phones and whatnot. Those were still kind of just coming out. But I remember watching the news and, and and when I got back watching the news and when I when I got out and I started to, you know, the the first iPhone came out and we started seeing more blasted 24-hour news. And what was it? red alert, mm. this alert, Terror alert. And it wasn't just CNN. It was, it was a left and right. It was an owned narrative for every single Westerner listening to it. Hearts and minds, we're doing this for the women. We're doing this for the children. You know, we're doing this for the, and it was the biggest lie that I took, that I swallowed it. I completely believed it and I ate it. And it took me, getting out decompressing getting off that shell and becoming a a, a new human being or a wiser human being um to to clean off the glass and be able to see through it to see behind the curtain and this whole covid fear and that you know you said it the other day you said climate change is next this is the next in the cycle this is good and you're, you're exactly right it is the fear cycle they divide us but they trickle enough down on both sides to keep the narrative going. And we saw Trump adapt to it. I mean, Operation Warp Speed, everybody that's anti-vax, I mean, they have a hard time putting people in a, in a box now because it was, well, the Trump supporters are, are all the anti-vaxers. And it's like, no, nah, it's largely the black and Latin community. Oh, well, those were large Trump supporters on the on this last election vote. And it's, you know, highest highest uh, social kind of uh, educational category of people not wanting to get vaccinated or PhD. Why is that? So Maybe because you're going be to fucking child. Right. Yeah. Sign it over. But it's, you know, it's, it's interesting as we grow and as we get older, I mean, I turned 42 yesterday and I look back and I think I fought for this country's freedom of, you know, I fought for freedom of speech. I want people to be able to throw rocks at me and say, F your religion, F you, F, everything you stand for and I would still go die for them. but I've got to have the right to have a narrative to talk to them to that's what freedom that's what freedom of speech is. And man, we are on such a slippery slope look, look this whole Facebook change to meta. I hope it's the end of it. I mean I'll be honest when I got banned from Facebook I didn't lose a, a minute's sleep over it. I got to stop arguing with people that I'll never meet that had way too much of my time and attention in freaking comments. I mean... But they need to show. know, mate. They need to know they're wrong. <laughs> they need to know now. This is me and, and my picture. Yeah. yeah, um,
0: Mate, it's, it's... You know what's funny, mate? If it hadn't been an election year in 2020, no one would be talking about COVID right now. No one. 100%. It would have been the same as it was with SARS, with everything else. It would have been a thing, but it wouldn't have become the thing. You needed mail and votes. Yeah, uh, well, and you know what? Like they, but also they just needed something that they could hammer him for on his handling. Um, and that's why, if you look at um, some something really interesting that listeners can do if they want is to look at. If you go and look at. The number of Black Lives Matter stories that run in the press every year, every year there's a giant. Every election year, there's a giant spike in Black Lives Matter stories. Um, It's so fucking obvious what it's all about. And when they started, when there was the combination of Trump and Black Lives Matter last year, and if you need any proof that it's all like a media thing, it's oh well. No, 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 no. Black Lives Matter protests are okay. COVID doesn't spread at those. All right, Trump rallies. Look at these evil people getting together. And again, I'm not a, tram- a fan of Trump, but I'm just pointing out the blatant hypocrisy that was there. Right. Um. I, I honestly think that the, the media, the traditional media, the corporate media, I think is a bigger threat to America than any terrorist group you can think of.
1: Hear, hear. Amen.
0: It, it, what they're doing, mate, on a daily basis, dividing people, making people live in fear. Um, I forget the number now, so I'm not going to try and cite the number. But the number of people who have had bad reactions with COVID because they are suffering from com- some kind of stress-related um, disease, um, it, which is really not surprising when you think about it. Because you know, one of the things about being healthy is you've got a like fit body, fit mind, basically. If you're if you're if you're rundown either physically or mentally, your immune system does not work as it should. And then you're more susceptible to COVID, to flu, to fucking anything, you know? And the the media have played a massive part in that. They play a massive part in turning people against each other. Um, And I really hope that people are starting to see through it. I think maybe if there's, it's really hard to tell, right? Because obviously what we see is what they allow us to see a lot of the time. But I do get a feeling, I do get a feeling that a lot of people, because this is what I've seen. At the beginning of last year, I was I had my tinfoil hat on, which is another word for I've read a lot of history books. And I was saying, this is what's going to happen, blah, blah, blah. And you know what? I've been fucking right. And I was having a lot of arguments with people about it. It was saying, you just fucking, you know, it's not going to be like that. They're not going to take back. Of course, they'll give back emergency powers. This will be over by the summer, all this stuff. And now those people have come around and now their attitude is, fuck the government, fuck the press. So that's really, that's really encouraging me. Have you seen a similar kind of thing?
1: I yeah. have. It's been, I mean, honestly, I just brought all of our manufacturing from my company back to the States. Um, I had, being in Spain, being in Hong Kong for so long, I would look back and I'd, I would see America as so many people see it it hit me all over again, just how massive states are. So what's going on in Tennessee, people aren't wearing masks. People, if you want to get vaccinated, get vaccinated. That's great. More power to you. If you want to wear a mask, wear a mask. Um, But it's, it's business as usual. Um, I was in San Diego and I was going to bars to kind of trigger people. (laughs) (laughs) I I, I don't don't drink or, or party, but I was going to bars. I'm a freaking, I'm a foodie from hell. And it's all tacos out there. It's, it's like the, the the hierarchy of who can make the best, you know, Mexican food when I love Mexican food. I couldn't find one Biden supporter. This is in California. I couldn't find anyone that was pro-vaccine mandates for everyone. And I mean, I was looking, I was planting seeds and it was an open dialogue. I couldn't believe. And it was nothing that the media is showing. So that I mean, from, like, I say commie Cali, I couldn't find a communist in Cali. You go to campus, that's where the poison is. And if you went to the campus here, Knoxville, Tennessee, the the, the, the Vols, I am sure in all of the humanities departments, you are going to find Marxist ideology, 100%. So it's, it's just interesting. You know, my dad was a corpsman in Vietnam, came back, went to school, and he said they used to laugh at the students that were these diehard Marxists and they just said, Oh my God, you know, what's going to happen to these tools? Well, they're the deans. They're the, they're the ones who stayed in. You know, if you can't do teach, um, and they're the ones influencing the hearts and minds, they're the ones who've bread and buttered the young CIA, FBI politician. I mean, it's, um, The reason
0: your dad was laughing at him is because he'd seen what communism really was, right?
1: yeah it's just it, we're americans like it's the farthest thing away from our 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 core beliefs i mean we are a country based off freedom freedom of speech the right to bear arms most importantly the right to protect yourself from a government overreach at any time at any case i mean that's that's the biggest thing it's it's that's why we have the right to bear arms it's and and it's you know it's it's happened in Athens, Tennessee, close to where we're from. I mean, it's there. There's you can offline uh, research government overthrow by good old boys with guns. I mean, this is this is recent history. Um, So he just laughed at at the idea of a kind of the perfect utopian, you know, dream of communism where everybody loves everybody. It's you know, utilitarianism. It's we're going to all share our apples and 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 care when. That's not how it works in communism. <laughs> that's, that's not how it, it works on paper. It looks freaking awesome. Workers of the world unite. But the, the, at, at the end of the day, those in power will stay in power. They will have the guns. They will have, I mean, it's like, look at, look at the Hindu religion. Like it's, it's beautiful, brilliant reincarnation. The Upanishads, the Rick Vega, oldest written text we have. But how brilliant is the caste system? You've got kind of the the elite, the Brahmin priests, and it's not the businessmen that are right under them. It's the military. (laughs) It's the warriors. Then you have the merchants. Then you have the workers that pay everyone. And then you've got the untouchables.
0: Mate, one of the things people say to me is they go, well, why would politicians and stuff want to bring in this stuff that's not going to benefit them? I said, it fucking will benefit them. You see a hungry politician in Russia? Or or like in Soviet Russia or in North Korea or any of these places, they'll be, they'll be just fine. Yeah. They'll, they'll be fine. One of the things, mate, though, when people in in Britain and America say that they want communism, they're full of shit because like right now I want to live somewhere which has more sun has college football. It has NFL and it has American women. So guess what? I want to move to America. I don't expect Britain to turn into America. So are these people that live living in Britain, America, and say you want communism. No, if you actually wanted communism, you would get on a fucking flight tomorrow and you would go and live in a communist country. You know? like it's You could go and do it. So anyone that's saying that they want that, they don't want that at all. Right. You know, they just don't want to fucking... They just don't want to work as hard as people that are working hard. That's, just, that's basically all it comes down to. I've never met anyone... Who, who, who works their bollocks off, who has gone, you know, like, look, I know a lot of altruistic people who work their bollocks off and give a lot of money to charities and help a lot of people out. So, they, they, these guys aren't Scrooge McDuck. But, I don't know anybody who, believe, I don't know anybody who believes in these, like, kind of Marxist ideas who is a a hard worker, like, you know, in the same category there. They just don't, they don't, they don't exist. The idea of and I, I love the idea of us all helping each other out, but I don't think that I don't think that the best way to do that is in communism because we see what happens in communism: a few people hold on to everything, and everyone is equally poor, and everybody is equally in shit state. Whereas I think when you enable people to make money, when you enable people to innovate, when you now enable people to climb, not some of those people are going to be really tight. It's true. But there's going to be a whole lot of people in there who are going to employ other people, who are going to make humanity better through innovation, who are going to give money back either one through tax, which I'm not really a massive fan of the old tax, but you know at the end of the day, if it's going to a good place, I don't. I want to just say this about tax actually for people listening. So I know people think I'm probably a bit stingy on the tax. It's not that I have a problem with that money going elsewhere; it's that the government wastes it. It's the fact that that money then gets wasted, which is which bothers me. I would rather give that money to something where I know that it's going to actually get spent. Um, how do States, cause people probably listen earlier. You said like Tennessee doesn't have an income, income tax, right? A state income
1: tax, a federal tax. You just, you don't have a, a state tax. Some States do have their a, a high tax, high property tax, but you, you've got your federal tax in America. You can't escape tax period. I hadn't lived in the States in 14 years. I've got to go see the IRS next week. Um, I have never not had to pay tax whilst living abroad. Uh, You are death in taxes. And if you want to keep your American passport, I pay taxes to Hong Kong when I lived in Hong Kong and to the U.S., Spain and to the U.S. Uh, The only way out of that is to get permanent residency in Gibraltar, drop the U.S. citizenship and then pay a flat 30,000 euro global tax, which I was considering doing until this last trip over here where we moved all of our manufacturing back here and I saw what a uh, what an opportunity it was to move back and to bring jobs back to the States and whatnot.
0: So let's talk a bit bit more about your um, military career and then talk about your business, mate. Because you joined pre-911, a lot of the guests we have on a post-911. Actually, before we get into that, what have you got on your wrist there?
1: Oh the the UK and the Is that a Zulu Alpha strap? Yeah 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 that's the my my brother's uh Marsoc Raiders have this company Sangen and that's one of the straps that they that they give with this yeah.
0: So the Zulu Alpha straps this is a totally organic they are one of the podcast sponsors. Oh no kidding. Yes.
1: Okay. Uh, right
0: so there you go guys we have live on un- <laughs> this is totally unplanned we have a Zulu Alpha straps so as you can see only on the wrists of the most Distinguished and successful gentlemen. Now it looked really good, mate. It's got the Sangin Sangin watch on there. Yeah, beautiful. Beautiful. There you go, guys. See? Right, Zulu Alpha Straps, more money for me, please. <laughs> Capitalism, you know what we do. This is not communist. <laughs> guys, please lend me your ears for a moment. Remember, no sponsors, no podcast. Right, today, something a little different. I brought in with me some of the protein peanut butter cups. We're not gonna lie. Don't really like sharing my food, but I do with Peter, our producer, because he does an awesome job here. Peter, verdict on the peanut butter cups from Combat Fuel, please. Oh, there you go. <laughs> that says everything. Um, he is touching himself as we as we record because they were so delicious. Uh, I gotta say, Combat Fuel knocking it out of the park at the moment. Uh, peanut butter cups are delicious. The white chocolate, um, I don't know if they've even got any more in stock, to be honest, because I might buy them out. The white chocolate, um, way. I don't usually use whey, but I made an exception for white chocolate. Mix that up with a few hundred millimetres. Take a scoop of that, mix a few hundred millimetres with a nice bit of milk. Liquid gold, I'm telling you. Absolutely gorgeous. And also, you've heard me talking about it with Joe, the clear whey. um, The flavours on that are just bonkers. It tastes fantastic. I don't know how they do it. Witchcraft, I tell you. Check them out at Combat Fuel, code VSOM. Get you some money off. Let them know that we sent you. Everyone is a winner. Um, please support them. They're a great company. Really cool, guys. And make sure you check out the gym. Um, everything's linked up in the show notes. I uh, also want to say a massive thanks to Zulu Alpha Straps. We had Daz on the podcast recently. Um, good, to, good to have him on there. We're going to have him on for a, a full episode soon. A good chinwag amongst Welshmen. And, uh, yeah, guys, as I always say, with a watch strap, it's really quite hard for me to sell a strap with my words, so I'm not going to lie. Just go and look at the pictures and let the pictures do the talking. They say that they sell a say, a picture, a picture says a thousand words. Well, there you go. I'll save you a thousand words of me trying to save them. Just go and look at the fucking pictures, innit? Um, they look fantastic. They come in all different kinds of, of colors and designs. There's only like so many ways you can do a watch strap. So basically, it comes down to how good they look, but the clasps on them are fantastic. And what I think is probably the most functional part of them is they are very, very durable. Which, obviously, if you're working as some kind of frontline operator around the world, or if you're not, even if you're not an operator, even if you're a bit of a REMF, you will still look a lot better with a Zulu Alpha strap on your, uh, on your wrist. So check them out at Zulu Alpha Straps, zulualphastraps.com. Everything's linked up in the show notes. All right, guys. Let's get back into the podcast. Um, so, um, what 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 was it that you what was it that took you into the the military career? Then, like considering that there wasn't, you know, we we're, we're not talking like the G. years
1: on the Scottish English side. The Woods of my lineage, we've fought in every every battle since the Delaware Purchase. I mean, we've we've that line of men has served the military. So. I chose the Marine Corps, went to different recruiters, and the Marines were the only ones that were dicks to me. All the other ones wanted to cater me and tell me how smart I was and come in and you can do this and this. And the Marines were like, you're a fucking pussy. We don't promise you a Rose Garden like you've got to earn it. I was like, all right, this is where I want to be. I went in um, and I went to the MAPS in Q4, 1998, and then started very beginning of January nineteen ninety nine. Went to Paris Island, East Coast Marine, and went oh311 infantry and then served as an infantryman and then got selected for Shrig. Shrig is Surveillance Reconnaissance Intelligence Group. So I went and worked with Shrig, went to those schools, went to Intel School, sensor Surveillance School, um, and then was a Shrig Intel Marine. Deployed Panama, then two med floats, was in the Balkans for a bit, uh did a lot of cross training. Um North Africa, Israel, Egypt, and then, like I said earlier, was with the first boots on the ground after nine eleven, and then got stopped, lost, got got extended. They cut my EAS, and I was part of that whole gaggle fuck of having your EAS and the decals on your windshield taken off, and then extending you indefinitely to to stay in. In the Marines, we call that getting the big green weenie. <laughs>
0: um, what was the what was the Balkans like when you were out there, and has that? influence your kind of way of thinking about what's going on in the
1: world now? Um, it, it, was a, it was a mess. I mean, it was what you would think of as an absolute shithole of not really borders and lines and this group fighting this group, but of absolute internal failure of kind of community against community and, and this against that. Um, it's the first time I got to see DevGrew. Um, they came in honestly, <clears throat> as an American, I think Clinton handled that much better than Bush handled nine eleven I mean America wasn't front and center doing you know anything. It was a lot more black ops going in. It was you guys who were the lead of all of that. um, we were air support, and Dev grew went in and worked with y'all's hitters on the ground, and you know. It wasn't a. Uh, I don't think it's a. I I I don't think a lot of people in the states even know about it. To
0: be and I think that's a way as well. You can project power without being the power that everybody sees, and it makes it like again. I think, and this is where I think like you know, you were saying that you had a lot of experience, you know, traveling around you know, with uh, missions and stuff like that. Uh, you know, I think a lot of people in America maybe think that people want America coming to their countries and stuff, Where it's, no. Like, people in other countries are just as proud of their na- national heritage as Americans are of theirs. So... I always say it's like, it's like when you get like a cop showing up, you've got a married couple, they've been married for like 15 years, you get a 23 year old cop turning up, and he's like, starts to tell each other what to do, because cops always be like, then they turn, they both turn on me, yeah, because you've just gone in their house, and you're telling them how it is, you don't know nothing about their history, what's gone on between the two of them, what's gone on that morning, you know, and it's the same with a nation, when you turn up, you know, like, people have pride, all around the world, people have pride, and, Um, I, you know, the way to, to the, the most successful military operations a lot of the time, obviously, you know, when we're talking total war and stuff, it's a bit different, but any war other than that, when it, you know, we're talking like full on total war, it works a lot better when you get either a neighboring country or locals and you get them as the front facing brand, like the, you know, and then provide the air power, provide logistics, provide the special forces. Yeah. Um, but enable rather than occupy because soon as that soon as soon as people start to see something as occupying
1: profiteers come out
0: oh yeah (laughs) of which of which i am one (laughs) um but like you know any americans listening like put yourself in the shoes of the people there america is the one global superpower so when you start you know like when you have an overt military presence on the ground Those people are probably thinking what's going on is the same as what's gone on through all of history, i.e. an empire coming to take a chunk out of their country. I mean, that's what people are going to think. Because unlike some Western countries, people in in third world countries and stuff a lot of the time do know their history because they've been ruled over by one empire for the next. So when a bunch of white and brown and black troops from America turn up with American flags, they're probably like, oh, well, here's the next bunch of overlords.
1: Yeah, exactly. Um, I think in my lifetime, I mean, I don't remember Reagan because I was just a kid. I didn't, I didn't know anything about politics. I hear he was great. He was an actor. Let's never forget Clinton. Aside from getting his, you know, his his uh, polishing all the time from whoever was closest to him near the overall or near the near the Oval Office, um, I think did a really good job.
0: I think in in terms of um, everything, the military stuff, definitely, definitely and like you said. Just not getting into terrible debt is a good is a good way to do it. I I think people really underestimate how much the the Bush Wars have fucked
1: America. Thirty trillion.
0: Yeah, and, and it's insane. And, but everything's a knock on. Everything is a knock on from from that from that war. Like we, you know, you don't have you don't have this leftist kind of um this these this real leftist kind of Marxist ideology in the Democratic Party now. That is a direct result from Trump. I think, and the result from, and Trump is a direct result from um, people being pissed off at the establishment, which is basically the Bush years, followed by the Obama years, all these fucking, all these wars that most people didn't want, um, you know, str- spiraling debt, um, and it, you know it's all one thing knocked onto the other, and, and I think sometimes you can't, you know, like Britain, obviously, at the end of the Second World War was a very different country to at the beginning of it, couldn't really be helped. But when you look at the Bush Wars, you're like, well, yes, these were absolutely unnecessary, you know, unnecessary wars, um, which really were essentially premeditated. I'm not saying 9-11 was a conspiracy, but what I'm saying, the same as COVID, something real comes along, and all of a sudden it's like, right, now we've got our pretext to put our plan into play. The fact that Saddam Hussein has no connection with Al-Qaeda and no connection with Osama bin Laden and no weapons of mass destruction. Well, that's just a detail. That's just a little detail, whatever. Um, you know, and I suppose some people think that these are things that...
1: Missions for no alarms to be going off.
0: Yes, exactly, mate. And look, like, do mistakes get made? Do our intelligence reports and stuff wrong? Yes. And some people say, oh, well, we're, okay, well, we went in for bad reasons, whatever, but, you know, we that was the intelligence. No, it wasn't. It wasn't the intelligence. It was made up to get the war. Um, and I think people need to, to understand that. And it must be kind of like, I, I feel this way about Tony Blair, but how do you feel about the fact that like people like you know Judge W. Bush and that, they, talk, they went into this war, they brought your comrades into this war on lies, and that there's absolutely no repercussions for those, for lying for or or even for like let's say let's say they weren't lying let's give them the benefit of the doubt and just say that they were criminally negligent in their you know in in their planning what you know how do you feel about that as an american as a marine
1: oh bro we could go on forever about this i mean look i'm one of these guys that the more i look into 911 i mean i watched the documentary loose change <laughs> I see no, no, I see zero proof of any plane debris at the Pentagon, period. Um, I see CCTV cameras that are all out except two. this. I mean, there's just, (sighs) there's just too much ridiculousness around it. And let's go, I mean, let's go a generational step deeper and look who Bush's father was. I mean, he was the director of the CIA and then the president. I mean, you have Americans always saying Putin shouldn't be in power because he was with the KGB. It's like, (laughs) (laughs) Um, look, I mean, the deeper we look down into the into the rabbit hole, I think that absolute power absolutely corrupts. Mm hmm. Um, I think we had agreements post-World War II. I think America had every opportunity to embrace Russia when Russia was wide open and broken. And out of arrogance and pride, um, we shamefully pushed away a a, a country, a nation that could have been a a great ally and really helped um, make the world a better place. I think that you need, let me, let me, let me, let me say this. Let me go a little bit off topic, but bring it back around. My twin daughters were born four months premature, absolute train wreck. They weighed 400 grams. They were in incubators for um, four months, heart surgeries, going through the back, eye surgeries, just every day the doctors saying they might die. It was the darkest, hardest part of my life. Way harder than losing a friend in in combat or to suicide or to drug addiction. All these things where we make our own choices, we sign up for what we sign up for, but you see pure innocence. The young uh, British, you know, British Chinese, Australian Chinese, Canadian Chinese, Hong Kong Chinese that were there, very attractive, very young, handsome, handsome doctors, uh, you know, male and female, young and beautiful nurses that we're not getting paid shit, like in the West, like in the States. They are there every day fighting for the lives of the innocent, of these little, little kids waiting in the waiting in the Nick unit line where, you know, you're waiting for It's, it's almost like the, the angel of death to come out every day and, and you know, pull a couple in and, and basically tell them the bad news. Your kids didn't make it. You know, it was every day. It was every week. Another couple that my wife and I bonded with, you know, to get the bad news, we'd see it. I mean, dude, it was the darkest part. Honestly, probably the darkest part. part yeah, the darkest part of my life. Um, when they were finally released and you had to pay before they would let them release. In Hong Kong, you have a thing called an octopus card. And it's basically your MTR card, but you can use it for anything. You can use it for, you know, a pint at. 7-Eleven or wherever it doesn't have your name on it I can give you my octopus card we don't have anything like this in the states I'm sure it's a UK thing that Hong Kong adapted from you guys but it's your MTR card your payment card you can put about 250 pounds on it probably max right and then you can top it up whenever you want you can give it to anyone else no identification to it um I paid for my twins four months two of them on my octopus card without health insurance. I paid my taxes in Hong Kong. I've got four companies there, no tax on capital gains, basically a flat tax, 16, 17% that you make, whether you're making a billion a year or 100,000. That saved my life and it saved my daughters. That's socialist healthcare, mm. right? That's needed everywhere. And it goes back to what you said about paying taxes. Where's Where are my tax dollars going? What is, what, what is happening here? You know, everyone says Scandinavia is a proof that socialism works. Uh, Sweden tried pure socialism and it bankrupted them. All of those countries, Norway, Sweden, Denmark, have a complete capitalist approach to business tax. Mm. That's how it thrives. Then the residents pay a high tax, but they get the they get the health care, they get the education, they get the great benefits. Yep. America has the most busted health system possible. It's insane. I had a brother, um, uh, and I say brother, Marine brother, that had a similar situation to me. Very from a very wealthy family. Um, he was from a he was from a very wealthy family, and he, they had twins. Twins were born premature. So they had top insurance, insurance company dropped them, found a way that they could look at what the wife had taken. She didn't take these prenatal vitamins. Okay, you're dropped. We're off the hook. One of the twins died. The other one was born, um, I think with spinal bifida. She's, you know, in, in a wheelchair, getting surgeries, getting leg braces. It cost him, you know, like 1.4 million USD. Now he had health insurance, top health insurance. And the insurance companies looked for a way to fuck him out of, out of the deal. Now I look at those two things. And I look at people in the States saying F socialism and F this and F this. And I, I mean, I can't tell you what the right way is, but I can tell you we need to have an open dialogue and we need to have open books from the government. I love what Elon Musk did the other day to the UN. I'll give us, I'll give 6 billion if you can, oh, yeah, if you show me, yeah, open source to show exactly where the money goes to cure world hunger. I'll do it in a minute. And I don't know what kind of government that is. I mean, we need capitalism because you have to have innovators. You have to have people that say, I am going to bust my ass every single day and this will be my life and I will put everything else away. And you know what? One out of a thousand of them will be a billionaire, maybe one out of a hundred thousand and will make it. But the people that don't have to have the right and have to have the drive and have to be able to give their life to what they believe in. We look at, you know, Socrates to Plato to Aristotle, we look at these people now. Different spans, different teachers. Different this, and we're like, we just look at it. Oh, Western philosophy, you know, da 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 da. But without people having the way and the right and the drive to do this, to do this, to do this, we don't get where we're at today. So, I mean, I don't have the answers, but I tell you that story about my daughters. Anytime people say fuck socialism or this and that, and, I've, and I'm, I've got to say. Without this tax system in a place that I live personally, my do- I'd probably be living in a cardboard box. I'd be bankrupt and my daughters might not be alive. And the fact that the doctors and the nurses were so young is because the health system wasn't so screwed that they had to pay for 12 years of insane schools and residencies, you know, university, then medical school, then residency to where the doctors are, ha- are so in debt by the time they're out in the field, they don't care about that baby. They care about anesthesiology and plastic surgery so they can actually create wealth. You know, it was fascinating to me seeing these nurses and young doctors because they were able to get that degree faster and they were the experts, but they weren't getting the huge paycheck. So, you know, I mean, it's, it's there's so much that needs to be worked on and needs to be changed from the ground up, but it's, there has to be a transparency. And it's, it's exactly like you said about taxes. We have to know what is going where without Senator Rand Paul exposing that <laughs> 400 million transgender studies in Pakistan. Like that makes Americans mad when they're only getting a $600 stimulus check and being told they can't work.
0: What I, what I never get about Americans is, is it's like, well, not Americans, but some Americans is when you start to say, well, there should be universal healthcare. Oh, that's communism. Well, why are you okay with taking tax to pay for a massive military? but you're not okay with them taking tax to pay for. So I can understand somebody's just like, I just don't want tax whatsoever. But it's like, America could, the amount of money that America spends on defense. And I like, look, this whole thing of saying we spend it on defense is ridiculous in the first place. If you invade another country, it's not, yeah, it's offense, right? Let's just get this straight. Wordplay is important. The Ministry of Defense, the Department of Defense, because if you called it what it was the department of invading other countries and taking their shit it would like people would be like well oh, that doesn't sound like something i want to fund
1: if it was truly defense covid never would have made it to the states
0: it's not defense is it like let, let's just be quite honest about this now you could say well you got to have you know you got to have off you know you got to play offense to have defense and stuff but i think anybody with their eyes open knows that you know a lot of the stuff we does is in our own interests and is nothing to do with defense it's about it's about profit. It's about shoring up your own position. Now, you can make an argument that that's the way, you know, maybe maybe you don't care. Because, like, look, there's something to be said about the, and in, in the you know, back in the day when the Vikings turned up. They weren't trying to say, oh, we're doing this for your own good. They just turned up to take your shit because that's human nature. So, if you want to take that human nature approach, I don't agree with it, but I understand it. Um, Interesting what you're saying, though, about, you know, when the Soviet Union collapsed, you know, that had been the boogeyman for, what, 30, 40, 40, going on 50 years. Oh, we God. Hang on. How's my maths? Yeah, going on 50 years. That had been the, the boogeyman. And, you know, at the end of the Second World War, we'd flattened Germany. We'd flattened Japan. What did we do? Reinvested the money in there, built them up, came away with allies. They're now two very stable, thriving countries. They didn't do that with Russia at the end of the, sec- uh, the, end of the Cold War. Didn't do that with Russia at all. And I think the reason is, is because there was no boogeyman to replace him. And you can't be an America or even a Britain back in the, you know, back when Britain was in its heyday. You can't be the empire with the biggest military spending in the world. I think America spends, what, more than like the next 10 countries combined or something like that. Um, but yeah, you can't justify that if you haven't got a boogeyman. You know, and I just think, you know, what would the world look like now if let's if America had embraced Russia a bit more and helped build it up rather than keep them as the boogeyman and keep building the military arsenals up? Now, I don't not saying that the world would look different. Who knows? It might have gone terribly wrong. But it's it's an interesting one to think that we we have this binary thing of, no, they have to be an enemy. Well, they think a bit differently to we do they have to be they have to be the enemy. Whereas I, I don't know about you, mate, but I've met Russians. They were just the same as me. Pretty much. We have a few differences, the same as you and me have a few differences, but got along fine.
1: The terrible crime would have been all of these beautiful Eastern European women like my, my mm. wife. And the Russians would be obese now. So it's probably That would be a crime. It's that would be <laughs> humanity. So, you know, thank God for, for that.
0: Cook bite a protein bar. Take the edge off. So while we're on the subject of um, global strategy, military-industrial complex, yeah, you in Afghanistan in the early days, do you think that bin Laden was allowed to get out of Tora Bora? Um, because if I have this correctly, special forces had them pinned down in Tora Bora, and then there was one patch of mountains between Tora Bora and Pakistan, which was basically... You know, hadn't been sealed up, and I believe there was Marines out there, and I think Mattis has to have his guys put in that space to stop them getting out. But they were told from, I guess, Rumsfeld, no, you don't go in there.
1: I mean, is what I heard that they couldn't couldn't hit it.
0: Yeah, and and they they said, "Oh, we're going to use some locals to fill it up," and then surprise, surprise, you got away. So, is it is that? Do you think do you think there's any truth to that?
1: I don't know, brother. I have no idea. I mean. It seems like from the very beginning that the Taliban and Al Qaeda was willing to turn him over if there was any defining proof. I mean, they literally were in dialogue with the U.S. government, saying, "We'll give him to you if you can just prove it." I don't think any, I don't think there was ever any any proof. Um,
0: I also heard that the um that the Taliban told America basically they were they told him that where he was going to be out hawking, like as in like he was going hawking, like flying the hawks. But, you know, but they weren't, you know, they weren't like over, like, all right, come on and kill the guy. But they were basically, look, he's going to be here at this time. Wouldn't it be awful if something happened to him? But they just, you know, but...
1: Like, please leave our country here. here. Thanks, mate.
0: Sorry for all the listeners out here now, but I had to get a bit of a protein protein fix going on. Looking at David's muscles as... Got my own protein synthesis going. So um, let's talk a bit about training, mate. You're obviously, it's obviously a big part of your life. You know, both, it's not, I don't think it was a surprise that both you and me before doing this today, both went out, got a bit of exercise going. Is it something that you build your routine or is it something that you build a routine around rather than fit it into?
1: Yeah, completely. Every, every day. Um, I'm flying to Abu Dhabi and on the 22nd, I'll be there the 22nd through December 1st. And we'll be leading one of the hardest endurance evolutions. Spartan extreme endurance. It's called the agogi. This will be my fourth one that I've been part of the, not just the cadres and the leadership, but the, <clears throat> the whole writing up of the, of the deal, you know, the whole kind of performance of the, of the evolution. And it'll be between 60 to 80 hours, nonstop boots and youths rocks weighted, you know, just head games, chems games. um, team evolutions in the arabian desert so i did mongolia and then namibia and then um, naxos greece so i train i train daily um i get up every morning quite early first light that i see is from the scriptures i pray i have meditation i I read the scriptures um and then i stretch because i'm old i get my back in alignment and then i train and it's, uh, you know, every single day, fail not. Even on my off days, I'm stretching. Um, I'm doing yoga. I'm doing foundation work. And then I start my business day. And I don't ever go through emails. I don't ever take a call. I don't do any of that stuff until I'm already done with the meditation, the praying, the scripture reading. The gratitude, most importantly, is, is giving thanks to have health and have another day. And then following that with the action of movement.
0: What, what's the scripture reading then? Yeah, what what is that? Like reading and just do you just randomly pick some pages out or how'd you how'd you go?
1: I have got an I've got several different Bible translations on my phone, from the most common, which is the message, and I've got the NIV, New International Version, English Standard Version. And then I have an app called the Takarta app. And the translation I've chosen from that is the NLV, the New Living Trans sorry, the NLT, New Living Translation. And they pick out a scripture. It randomly picks out a scripture to where you get through the Bible, a good chunk of the Bible every year. And so it'll have scripture. If you ever see my Instagram stories, I highlight different colors on there to the pace and the understanding that I have of how the the scriptures are being presented. Um, And most of the time, if it's something from the old Testament, you know, from the, the, the Torah, the Nediavim or the Kediavim, the Tanakh, um, I'll always go to the New Testament and read, you know, a part of the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, or most importantly to me, the the writings of Paul the Apostle. Um, you know, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, first and second Thessalonians, and just reading in that, meditating in that, because he was, you know, Paul was Saul of Tarsus, tent maker, Roman citizen, part of the Sanhedrin. You know, he was a warrior. He was literally hunting Christians down and killing them post Christ's resurrection. He was blinded on the road to Damascus. Long story short, I mean, was was beheaded after writing the, a, a large majority of the New Testament. Um, you know, he's the one who gave us the. the the armor of God, the helmet of salvation, the breastplate of righteousness, the belt of truth, the shoes, the gospel of peace, standing firm with the shield of faith to extinguish the flaming arrows of the enemy and standing firm with our offense being the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. That's why it's so crucial to me to meditate and be in the word, and not at a church. I think it's important to go to a church. I've, I've loved getting to go to my old church here. I hadn't gotten to worship in two years, because it's great singing praises. You know we've got a brilliant young Scottish uh, rugby player that's come over with his with his beautiful wife and he you know, getting to hear his Scottish accent at a Scottish Presbyterian Church. It's just like it's like having getting your cake and eating it too. But um, it's goes back to building that intimate relationship and crying out, seeking God's voice, seeking his face really representing you know symbolically the gift of life i sleep in the darkness i don't sleep with a nightlight on it anymore um you know and having that light be what what the first light that i see and getting it be reflecting breathing you know g- giving thanks giving praise to be alive and then getting into like we talked about sanctification dying to the self and growing that internal light that internal flame and being a warrior for god being a warrior for the light um You know, battling the darkness, battling human trafficking, battling the evil that exists.
0: I've never read the Bible cover to cover, but I do get curious about things now and again. So what I'll do is I'll go on the old fucking internet and I'll do Bible quotes about such and such. And there's websites that have got like they that have all these collated results. So if I do Bible quotes about, let's say, fatherhood, it'll bring a bunch of them up. And I kind of feel like the Bible's like one of the first self-help books really in, in a lot of ways you know there's a lot of stuff in there but people I think people just that think that it's just is like um you know that it's just stories like religious stories but it, it, there's really a lot of stuff in there whether you believe whether you believe it or not you know there's there there is a lot of wisdom in there that people can use from so I just say to anyone just go on their search engine and just put bible just put bible stories about and put put in whatever, and then just have a read of a few of them. It's really quite interesting because at the end of the day, the same way as it's great to learn from the Greek philosophers and stuff, you know, get human nature hasn't changed, life hasn't changed, you know, get the information off people who have been there and 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 done it, and there's a lot lot of wisdom in there, you know. Don't throw it out just because you don't necessarily have that faith. Let's talk about the um, let's talk about your work there, mate, in terms of um. China and religion and and everything over there. Just take it, take it away.
1: Well, I I originally went over to do, well, very sensitive liaison work and I was working with, I was based in Hong Kong because, you know, until 2019 when everybody pissed off China, when the little liberal students said that they were oppressed and told the whole world that that China was coming over and, and giving them the squeeze, which wasn't true at all. Um, all the Molotov cocktails, all the freaking firebombs, all the lasers, everything you saw on the news. I I can send you later from this phone. We're talking on videos from under my flat, watching the whole thing go on. And it was a bunch of misguided students beating the hell out of their own brothers and sisters that were Hong Kong local police that had nothing to do with the Chinese government. Zero zip, nada. When Trump, and, and I'll get back to the your, your initial question, but just to, to say this, like Hong Kong was, I, I thought that I would die there. I thought that I'd live there for the rest of my life. I loved it. It was like Lego land, you know, no crime, super safe, amazing healthcare, so easy to do business, really expensive, mm-hmm. but worth it. You didn't need a car, you could get anywhere clean, just, you know, white collar financial city. And all of that changed. COVID came in, Trump signed a trade agreement. And then backed the protesters overnight, COVID, Wuhan, this, that, get Trump out of power, buy Dominion software voting machines through a Swiss company for $400 million. I mean, like, literally, I watched the domino just, so that's that's why we left. Um, but I originally went over there uh, late 2008, early 2009, and worked for several different NGOs. And did had contacts. My initial trip was going to Beijing, Shanghai, Chengdu, and Guilin, and meeting underground Christian movement leaders that were building these rapidly growing um, illegal house churches, where I saw the real power of the Holy Spirit and fire, and 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 God's work being done, you know, in His people. That were, that were risking their lives and, and sacrificing to get a Bible in their hands and be able to read and build that intimate relationship with God and understand that they're not just a product of a country and owned by this border and this land and government. They are something created by a creator in that creator's image. Um, and so I got to work basically because kind of my military background and what I had done in the, you know, Shrig community and, small team, small units, snooping and pooping, uh, arena, I got to go and, and work with different movement leaders. And so that's what I was doing, whether it was building underground schools, helping facilitate funds that needed to be moved, being a bag man, um, working with groups that were building underground seminaries and also vetting groups that were, you know, just taking Christian money and, you know, doing (laughs) running, running scams, the original Nigerian (laughs) prince, you know, that's catfishing you. Um, So I got I got to do that for years, and um, made it was fascinating. You know, you and I had talked about the control that the Chinese government has. I mean, they have like we they've got millions of Muslims in concentration camps right now, Um, and that is just to crush that culture. It's not like these are some vibrant Muslim missionaries that are going out trying to put Sharia law out. They're just like they've just got their own burial rights and their own you know culture and it's being pulverized. So think about what a bigger threat Christianity is because you don't need to see an imam. You don't need to pray five times a day with other people. You have a direct line to your eternity through Jesus Christ and the resurrected son of God, the gift of the holy spirit sanctification. That terrifies communist governments. That terrifies dictators. So people are killed I mean these people are hunted down they're they're tortured and they're they're killed the movement leaders the Christians and it's the worst right now that it's been under sheep it's 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 everyday persecution
0: and, and is that because if they have a Christian connection that they don't that the, the worry is that they then have a connection to people in other countries and less loyalty to the state is that the kind of like what? What's the thinking of the state on this? Why do they take it as such a threat?
1: No, it's it's that they have a direct connection with the creator. It's they they have a, it's nothing to do with the West. It's that they have connection with the creator of the cosmos, and they realize that the Communist Party isn't God. They realize that the, the ultimate power they realize that they're not Chinese. They realize that they're not, that there aren't mm-hmm. borders. They're not a race. They're not a gender. They're a child of God. And it's, you know, it it's, it's almost like taking the pill and coming out of the matrix. And uh, when someone who's lived under that kind of regime cries and understands that they're actually loved and that there was, you know, that they were created. So it's, it's, uh, It's a a huge threat to them. You know, Apple is working with the Chinese government to take, to track anyone who's using the Bible apps that I was just talking with you about and and erase them.
0: So, I, I don't want to overstate this, but essentially, Apple are complicit in a genocide. Yes. Well.
1: So, that's not overstating it. They are profiting.
0: Yeah, so not even... Yeah, Jesus Christ. So, they're not even... Yeah, it's just horrible. I mean, it's one thing to like, it's one thing to sell your product in countries where you know, with with questionable human rights records. Questionable, I'm saying, you know, quote unquote. Um, but to actually aid, I think any, mate, I, I gotta be careful not to just go on a rant here. But.
1: Think about it. Without China, Apple's done. I've got my MacBook Pro right here, and I've got my you know, my newest iPhone ditty that we're talking on, they're all made in Shenzhen. Like, everything's designed, developed in California and and made in China. So Apple's looking at it like, we don't care about human rights. It's You know, they say, their wokeness would say it's cultural sensitivity. Who are we to tell China how to control their people? What white arrogance, what white Christian arrogance to be against the persecution of Christians? Yeah, mate,
0: I just... It's, this is the same group of people who will go on about police brutality in the US will aid fucking genocide in another country. Yeah. It's mad. I suppose this is where I think I kind of just got the answer in my head before I even asked this, but I guess I was going to say, how do you not go mad at this? And I suppose the answer is probably going to be faith.
1: Faith and, and, and deeds. I mean, battle it, you know, we can battle it. I was helping to battle it. Uh, The people on the ground that that I love and trust and know are still battling it. But it's a double-edged sword because true Christians, what makes Christianity different to me than any other religion, are the apostles went to the worst torture deaths, being crucified upside down, being stoned, burned alive, willingly and gladly when all they had to do was Mm. recant the story of the resurrection and seeing christ true christianity following jesus is not a religion it's following the son of god who says love your oppressive communist leader pray for them not kill them in their sleep it says love your muslim brother and sister give them the shirt off your back It says, you know, love thy neighbor as thyself. And when we're squeezed, we see what's really in us. Mm. You know, if you get bumped and you're holding a cup of coffee and the coffee spills out, the coffee spilled out because there was coffee in the cup, not because you got bumped. No matter what happens, that's coffee that's in there. Right. And when we're squeezed, what's really in us is exposed. And it's interesting in the West to watch Christians that have never been persecuted for me to say, I'm canceled on fucking Facebook. Like, it's over. It's over. My faith's been tested. I'm canceled on Facebook. I can't talk to that jackass anymore and argue with them about stuff that doesn't matter. No one's coming to my house to freaking kill me. No one's coming here to burn these books that are in this library, ancient texts. No one's, no one's coming here to crucify me. I'm not getting in prison. And if they were, at least I have a bunch of guns in here to protect myself until enough of them come to totally destroy me. But at least I can die in a blaze of glory if if, if it gets to that, which it's not getting to. But there, they're gladly singing the, the praises while they're being killed to this day, right now. So it's interesting, you know, it's, it's so easy in the West to say, Christ is the way, he's the truth, he's the light. Now, I'm done with that, now let me watch my porn. <laughs> Now I'm done with that. Now let me, you know, take this Oxycontin for my pain. I'm done with that. Let me call this hooker. Let me, let me be, let me go gamble.
0: What kind of life are you living, bro? (laughs) Drugs, hookers? No, but it's true, man.
1: It's like, they already have a choice where it's okay. You can be taken care of and live in this society. You have a job given to you, or you can completely be annihilated for having the blinders taken off. And they choose to take the blinders off and to go full in. So I learned a whole lot more from Chinese Christians, seeing them and the way they acted. It was very humbling because I was like, these people are living. it. Anyone can say they're anything in the West. You can say, I could say we're women. I could go beat the hell out of women in, in MMA with my cock intact and say, I am a woman and, as long as I can hold my be be straight faced about it, no pun intended. But as long as I can be serious while saying it, anyone who opposes me is transphobic. Please don't do that,
0: mate. <laughs> Please don't go beat beat them off. Um, but no, you're. But you, mate, it's funny because I was thinking about this the other day. Because I was thinking about, I was thinking about the line of where the the line of willingness to die is what I was thinking about. These are the these are the things I think about when I go for a walk, <laughs> like you know, because. There was a point in my life, a point in your life, where, you know, when we went away on our deployments and stuff, we knew that there was a chance that we might die, and, we you know, we accepted that quite willingly and quite volunteering for more of it. Because now I'm like, I was thinking about, you know, because I do think that we've taken a massive step back um, in the West this last 18 months, a massive step back. But I thought, I'm still not willing to die for it because things are still pretty good and and I thought like there's a I still believe that we can turn things around peacefully and I was just thinking about when you've got nothing to lose it's almost in some ways easier to loo- you know easier to put your life on the line because those decisions have been made for you it's kind of like being in a relationship when if someone cheats on you or whatever okay you've got a clear decision of right we're going to break up but if things just aren't clicking, you're like, oh, well, maybe we could, you know, stay together for another year and, and try and make it work. And I feel that's where we're at with the West, you know, because things are still great. They're great here. in they, they one, one of the best, someone said to me the other day about something on, they said about how shit life is in the West or whatever now. I was like, no bollocks. We still have fucking amazing, amazing lives, amazing opportunities. That doesn't mean we can get complacent because we've already seen how quickly things can change and if you think of the last 18 months let's just times that let's just go 10 years think how much could change in 10 years you know think how much changed in the life of somebody in 1935 germany to 1955 germany think what they went through in that in that period from the nazi parties then the Stasis and the russian like things can change fast but we do still have it great here which obviously is a massive gift on one side, but then we have to balance that with not being complacent. Um, you know, and, and and that's, it's a real hard balancing act. Whereas, like, let's say, if you took a bunch of Americans right now and you placed a an actual Chinese system on top of them, I'm sure there'd be a lot of gunfire going on, you know? So, I don't know, I don't know, mate. Like, it's...
1: Depends on the state.
0: Yeah, yeah, depends on the state. But it's like... Part of me doesn't want people to get tested. I don't want people to get pushed to that point. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah. Well, think about, like, think about getting canceled. I mean, I love what Dave Chappelle said. He said, I'm banned on Twitter. I don't give a fuck because Twitter's not an actual place, right? Mm -hmm. I think about when I get mad about being shadow banned or they take away my swipe up link on Instagram or they do this. and, And then I realize I pay to do adverts, but I've never paid for this platform. This isn't a government-owned platform. I still have the right, and I'm still free to go to any courthouse I want to and be heard in the United States. Absolute freedom. That's my government. Facebook isn't my government. Google's not my government. I have the freedom to use DuckDuckGo. I don't have to believe what I see on, on Wikipedia. But we've been given these tools that we use. Social media has become media. It's become the narrative. but. 9, 9, Nine times out of 10, if you just put your, cell phone, your your smartphone away, your problems disappear. You don't see COVID ravishing the Amish villages because they don't have television, literally. And, you know, we have been given these gifts so wisely because while alpha males were sleeping or mating um, or, or not mating because of climate change and all the impending doom disasters, I don't want to bring another child into this world um (laughs) you know we we were asleep and the and and we let some some tech nerds take over and we're a kind of in an age where it's the dude with the footsie zip up pajamas that goes all the way up sitting in his little you know with his little love dolls next to him and his remote control drones controlling shit i mean i get the biggest kick out of seeing meta this new zuckerberg it's it's like it's the saddest thing for someone who's one of the wealthiest people in the world and has to create a realm that's not real. You know what I'm saying? It's like here's the people who run this whole damn circus still having to escape from reality. Of course they want to cancel me. I am reality. So, it's it's one of those things where you know, I thought the states was in such a dire shape from what I was seeing on the media and what I was seeing with the election. And like climate change, it's cyclical. And as long as we have people willing to have conversations, as long as we have people willing to always sit at the table, even if it's going to take 20 times sitting at the table, listening before you're heard, we'll have change. You know, it's still, the West is still the greatest place to live. I love being in the States. I mean, I'd never, ever thought I would move back here. Never thought I'd bring my, my business back here. Um, but it's been one of those things where i have felt more at home and more at peace in the foothills of the smoky mountains here seeing the seeing you know the starbucks cult still seeing those wearing masks but me still opening up the door for someone wearing a mask yeah. and me still saying good morning ma'am to someone wearing a mask with a BLM patch on their backpack because they're my brother or sister as an american or my brother or sister is a human being on this planet. Um, so, you know, I think it's all, it's all about just BZOing our lives, BZOing our moral compass, and saying, how thick is my skin? <laughs> what's going to trigger me? And is what's triggering me really worth getting triggered about? Um, you know, because the snowflake thing goes both ways. I see more hard ass Republicans that get triggered like little babies. When and, and I'll give you an example with the elections, there has been a blatant election fraud since I've known Bernie Sanders' name. Yeah, with Dominion, where he won fair and square, and all of a sudden, here's Hillary in front of us that no one can stand. Mm-hmm. We knew it, they knew it, everyone knew it. And I shouldn't say we and they because I'm a I vote for what well, I, I voted for Obama, I voted for you know, I, I'll vote. For, I didn't vote this last time, I just couldn't bring myself to even just. Take the time, isn't living overseas, and just giving any more government powers to <laughs> put this in anywhere? Else. Yeah, me. But um, you can't get angry about th- this election being rigged if you weren't angry about that being rigged against the Democrats. You can't have your cake too. You can't say the rules only matter when it's against me.
0: And the gerrymandering every fucking every, every fucking party does gerrymandering every party does lobbying every you know, sorry takes lobbying money every every party has people taking money off the military industrial complex the pharmaceutical companies yeah dude i i i totally to, totally totally agree with you um you mentioned business right you're moving your business back over to the states how how did you go from grunt to entrepreneur
1: i had some really good um mates british british fellas um some total blue blood wankers, now. <laughs> <laughs> some, some private equity guys, some really good guys that I was doing Muay Thai with that were investment bankers, private equity guys that had a brother that was SBS or a cousin that was SAS or Royal Marine Commando. And when they found out I was a Marine, they just, I was already training with them and they were, you know, asking me what I was doing. And, you know, the more intimate relationships you build with people, especially in cities like that, where you're stacked on top of each other. It's not like a-
0: this is Hong Kong now. Yeah
1: yeah, this is Hong Kong. Um, so I was doing that sensitive liaison work and my home base was Hong Kong. So I would, I would go on ops. I mean, it would be, I'm going to, I've got my rucksack and I'll be in these areas of crazy third, fourth tier cities in China, like back in the boondocks, um, you know, with two translators and, and a bag of cash, uh, like literally. And then back in Hong Kong for two weeks to meet with these leaders, to have these people fly in from the West, to go over this, to do the full, you know, debrief and yada, yada, have the hot wash and then, okay, we need to go to this. So I had all this time where I wasn't on and off. And during those times, I'd always be doing, you know, doing freaking grappling or rock climbing or, or, you know, something active because Hong Kong has all of these beautiful areas around it that the Hong Kong government wouldn't let get built. So you've got these mega cities where there's 20,000 people per square K, and then you go out into new territories and you've got, you know, six multi-pitch 600 meter freaking, you know, summits with that that are already bolted where all you need is your quick draws and another good climber to do multi-pitch climbing, paragliding, diving, you know, canyoning down 70 meter waterfalls, the whole nine. Um, And I got with guys that, were trading commodities and would say, we've got a mine here, or we've got this here. Would you mind checking it out? Because I'd tell them, I just got back from doing this. I'm I'm happy to go behind enemy lines and go do this. And I started going and doing due diligence for, for different folks. And I had one friend in particular that said, you're doing too many introductions and doing too many things for people without getting paid. Like, we need to help you set up a holdings company, and you need to be able to do sourcing, you know, logistics advice, consulting, and you need to be the middleman. Like, they need to pay this company, and then you need to pay the guys doing the SGS report. You need, you know, you need to start holding your Rolodex in. And that was probably in 2012. And so I started DJW Holdings. So if you look up www.djw.davidjohnsonwoodholdings.com.hk, I still have that company and run it as an umbrella company for a plethora of other stuff that we do. And Vertus Outdoor Group with the military patented technical camouflage fabrics, um, you know, hard gear, athletic gear, active wear gear, different military, um, contracts uh you know that all came out of doing handshake deal handshake deal and being in southeast asia and meeting good government officials meeting believers meeting people i could trust in this area that then when we'd be breaking bread would say you know what tell me what you're doing tell me about your life david what are you doing in hong kong i'd say actually i'm working for this company cryptech outdoor group we're doing technical camouflage in this and they'd say I've got a, one of the top tier factories that Terex uses in Vietnam, or I've got this factory in Shunda, China that does this, that does MMA gear. We've got this factory in Cambodia, you know, bomb, 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 and just being, you know, my mom being an Ashkenazi Jew, <laughs> uh, I just started hustling like crazy, and and it, it it fascinated me. I mean, being like the whole apparel industry that I'm that I'm in now, I've done stuff from like government. Tablets that are smash proof for prisons to massive marijuana, triple canopy greenhouses that are fully automated, climatized, that you know, with its own sensor reconnaissance, weaponized drones surrounding it. I mean, I've done all sorts of different things, but I got so into the technical apparel because guys like us had such shit gear in terrible <laughs> conditions where people are like, what was it like being in Panama in the triple canopy rainforest and this and that? And I'm like, trench foot, crotch rot, raw armpits. They're like, what about gunfights with the FARC and this? And I'm like, trench foot, crotch rot, bloody armpits. (laughs) Like, literally rucking it with a bag full of sensors at the ready, you know, for days and nights where your body's falling apart because you're wearing cotton blend BDUs. Right. And when I started seeing the technology that was in fabrics where you could actually have one layer that was graphene infused that you could take under a freezing cold waterfall. And that would, when the graphene is, is activated, would actually heat you up. You could slap freaking dry in five minutes. And that same thing would cool you down when you're in the, the heat of the desert. And you can stuff the whole thing in your pocket. Instead of having 15 freaking layers that you and I as grunts had to freaking hump around in our packs, right? And it fascinated me. And I, I got into developing my own gear. And I started doing some projects for some of the teams in the in the States, some SF teams and some, um, some contractor units and Virtus is Latin for warrior virtues. And that's what we named the company Virtus V O G virtues of God and Virtus outdoor group. You know, you look at our Eagle and it's that Roman centurion crest um, and it, with a patented camo that, that properly dissipates with it. And it just built out of, Obviously, my background is a philosophy major, right, Virtus the Latin Warrior Virtues, and then a religious studies major, and kind of being in these different areas. So I would, I would be on the ground going to factories, and kind of the scientists there would say, David, what are you going, like, are you paragliding? Are you going to be in, you know, Europe? Are you going to be in freaking the Himalayas? Where, you know, where are you going to take this gear? What, what is your next adventure going to be? What kind of fabric would you be interested in? And I've got to be right there at the ground level of, of some of the highest, um, kind of fastest tech centers on earth, like Patagonia Terex would be using different militaries would be be using Israel would be using, and I got to get, you know, basically as much yardage as I would need to make my own kits. So I would work with the fabric mills and then I'd take those to a specific cut and sew. And I've literally worked with those factories for the past 10 years. Um, You know, we don't really use China because the China, you know, you have 600 million millennials in China and no one in China will buy anything made in China. (laughs) It's the exact opposite of you guys and of us. They won't buy anything made in China because they are like, it's not special. We made it. You know, the Chinese can't just leave China. They can't just go on a holiday to, they can't even, you know, unless you're a Shenzhen born resident, you can't even get across into Hong Kong. So people, we see Chinese everywhere, you know, everywhere is, every big city's got a Chinatown, but these people are, have escaped or they're still working for the government, mm. um, you know? So it's like the Chinese that are in there, they don't care if it's made in Bangladesh or Haiti, that's still exotic and special to them. You know, so I would be manufacturing in places that were TAA compliant, like Cambodia or Taiwan which, you know, TAA compliant is right underneath Barry compliant. Barry compliant is fabrics made in the U.S., cut and sews in the U.S., DOD, MOD. TAA means it's an American allied country where the SOCOM units can still use government money to place purchase orders. That's why you see so many operators in Arcterex and Patagonia Mountain Hardware. None of that stuff's made in the States, but it's made in a TAA compliant factory. So Arc'teryx will have a mega hub in China, but they won't sell any of that gear to the governments, right? Okay. Then they'll have them out in outlying areas in Southeast Asia, and they'll be able to sell those to the governments.
0: You mentioned China. Is there a outdoor kind of pursuits culture in 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 there there at all? Huge. Because it's just because all we get told about Chinese culture here is big bad China is going to come us. You know, we really know, we know very little about the lives of Chinese people. So what, what, what kind of, like, what, what are they into? Like the the basically same kind of outdoor pursuits as you get over in the West.
1: They usually, when we do these huge, like global races and these, you know, these, these challenges, they always come in first. Right. Because they're so boxed in. That if they go to do CrossFit, the only person they've been able to see or find, they don't have Google, they don't have Facebook, they don't have Instagram, they have WeChat, that's it. To be able to get a VPN and use it, they have to have been able to exit China to activate the VPN. All right. You can't just be in China and activate a VPN within China. It, does, you know, it doesn't work. So the stuff they see is so limited. Every Everyone playing basketball sees LeBron James and thinks that's the norm. And I mean, I'm taking it a little bit far there because obviously the NBA gets more of its money from China so as, as well as the NBA yeah. <laughs> than they do in the States. But your typical rock climber, crossfitter, they emulate only our best. And so the bar is set so high over there that you get the fittest, most lethal athletes with no quit in them. I would constantly go um, to a place called Yongshua. And I would go climb there. I'd fly into Guilin. I'd go down the Lee River. Beautiful, scenic. Um, And yeah, I mean, just an incredible, incredible outdoor arena. So again, like I was saying earlier, the U.S. is so big that it's state to state. Anything you say about America can be true, depending on what state you're in. It's the same in China. I mean, there's areas where there are, I'm sure, Christians, Muslims. Hindus like like Yunnan province, for instance, like Kunming, where the government's not putting them in any kind of prisons. There's just too many of them. It's just too normalized. There's too many minorities there. But the Chinese government looks at this area as there's not a huge profit margin coming into the central government here. They're just a bunch of peasants. You know, who cares? So it's, you know, what's happening one day in one part of China, there might be a church literally worshipping wide out in the open. Where in another province of China, they're being tied up and and tortured and killed. So, you know, as a Westerner going into China, as a Brit or as an American, you are, as long as you're not, you know, trying to move drugs or doing things blatant um, against the government, the government officials want to get to know you like they love us. They love the Brits. They love the Germans, they love the, the Americans, you know, they want to hear stories like we're from another planet. So they're very, and it's not even Intel collecting. It's like, they're just kind of like Mm. children, um, that are fascinated, you know, it's, 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 it's really, really interesting because on one hand, you've got people that don't have access to porn that don't have access to, you know, the Bible, the Quran, these things. So you have a very innocent and tainted people because that's what, you know, that's the easiest for the government to control. So it's, you know, like we were saying earlier, what is the perfect government? What is the perfect kind of control? It's like on one hand you say, well, there's not a bunch of pedophilia. There's not a bunch of this there because people don't have access to, to this and to that. Right. So it's, you know, it's, it's just, yeah, I don't, I don't have the answers. I mean, you've, there are very good, There, there are very big benefits to control, but those in power that are censoring the right things take money from others.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that's it, mate. Like you know, you can make an argument for control, but you know, the well, the argument is well, we need to control people because people are flawed. Okay, well that means the people in control are also flawed. You know, so you can't. It it just doesn't it just doesn't work out. I always say I'd rather have somebody somebody who's fucking up, who hasn't got power, I'd rather like, they can do a lot less damage to other people than somebody who's fucking up or tapped in the head who has a lot more power. And I also think as well that even if you are level-headed, even if you are a good person, you start to get put in a position where you have other people's lives in your hands. There's the pressure from that. You start to see an opportunity to be able to look after your friends and your family. Mm. You might start with just moving a little bit to do that. So I, I don't really ne- believe necessarily that people go into these positions and, and government and stuff are inherently evil or anything like that. I'm pretty sure if I was Prime Minister of the UK, I'd be giving contracts to my mates. I'd probably want to kick off a war somewhere just because I want to use my army, you know? Like, it's just, just human nature. So you you were able to move around China, no problems there?
1: Before COVID, I had a 10-year visa.
0: Wow, 10 you.
1: Yeah, I could go in at at any point. Now they've basically trashed those, they've redone the system. Um, I mean, I I don't know if I really ever need to go back. um, But if I had to, I mean, I've got business connections there, Americans that are still on the ground there that are working on different tech that I could get that I could go in and out. To be honest, I I mean, my dad asked me last night, he's like, do you miss Hong Kong? Do you miss Asia? And I really don't. You know, I spent half a year in vietnam i was constantly in indonesia malaysia everywhere out there um never never liked the philippines was never a big fan went there a few times and thought that was a bit of a failed country but i don't miss it at all i loved it i loved the experience um i I would do i would do it again if i could you know Mm -hmm. yeah sure but um you know there's just so much there's so much to see i mean like i said when i get back to spain I want to go to Norway and see my, my brother, my grandmother's house is still standing. I want to come see all you guys in the UK. I want to definitely go to, uh, I want to go to Wales and do some hiking and climbing where you're freaking pipe hit, do their training. Um, I think we learn the most from travel. Yeah, You know, my wife's Lithuanian. She speaks five languages. Our wow. kids lived in, when they've lived in Spain, now they live in the States. They speak Lithuanian fluently. They speak English. They speak Spanish. They know a bit of Chinese. And it's, I, I learn the most and I get out of my shell and my kind of, my worldview changes as I realize that we're just people everywhere. And being around people, eating their food, understanding their culture, kind of, you know, embracing it with them and having that experience, for me, helps me to, to love everyone and helps me to understand how young of a country I come from. You know, it's fascinating being in, and looking at these cathedrals that and, and these cities that are so old and then coming back to the States and having nothing to compare it to. Um, and same with China. I mean, you go to Beijing and it's the nicest, cleanest, fastest city you'll, you'll ever go to in your life. Like, it seems like everywhere else. Like, I remember going to Tokyo again after being in Beijing financial capital and being like, God, this place is ghetto. <laughs> uh-huh. And like, God, this place is like out of a freaking old like old school comic book. And it's, you know, it's that balance. Look, people say is, are, are, is China the superpower? Are they doing this and that? And I already see the Chinese making the same mistakes as anyone with too much power, too fast, overspending debt, gluttony, you know, just in the, you know, 14 years that I lived over there, I was seeing, I would see cities grow and I would start to see obese kids. I'd start to see KFC and McDonald's everywhere in villages where people used to be the absolute fittest. And it's that, you know, it's, it's going from your holistic medicine that's worked for thousands of years to getting on the big pharma BS train of everybody's sick and you need this pill for this. And it's just, so it's. You know, and again, it's what, what is the right answer? You know, you have a country that separated itself and kept its ways pure. I mean, you you know, you watch that movie, The Last Samurai. It's a perfect example with Tom Cruise. You see the weapons come in and you, and, and they totally bow to the, to the, to the Western promises and lose their integrity and in the culture of the, of the Samurai. So, you know, it's, it's, it's interesting to say again, I mean, absolute power, absolutely corrupt. So. It's interesting to see the AUKUS alliance, right?
0: Which one's that? What, the AUKUS alliance?
1: The AUKUS alliance, Australia, the UK, and the US.
0: Yeah, sorry, yeah, sorry mate. Um, yeah, like, I mean, the thing is about, like, that alliance is we obviously have, like, common like, language. Because one of the biggest barriers for humanity is not being able to speak the same language. I think if we all spoke the same language on the planet, we probably get over our differences a lot fucking faster because it just shows you the common humanity in people, right? Right. And I think that's one of the reasons why Britain, America, Australia, New Zealand, and stuff is we've been able to keep these alliances because when there's all this cooperation, the shared culture, we all feel like we understand each other. Where well, you probably understand the people in China just as well if you could understand the word that they were saying. You know, like when I worked with Chinese guys on the ships, I always came away because they spoke English. I wasn't like, wow, he's from a weird culture. It was like, oh yeah, it's Bob. Or whatever, you know? Um, do you see do do you see like obviously China is like I don't know, I'm not trying to say that China doesn't have its own um you know, like its uh ambitions because all power does. But do you think that it's overplayed, underplayed? What do you think? You know, is the You know, the the kind of the the rhetoric, do you reckon it's kind of justified?
1: It's just so hard to say. I mean, I see things getting censored in America that I don't want to see getting censored. You know, you and I have both fought against fanatic extremists and we see fanatic (laughs) extremists (laughs) taken away and put in camps. I mean, you know, you see these Woke activists that are barred in China. I mean, the irony is just, it's uncanny. You, mm-hmm. I mean, you see these extreme feminists and these extreme, you know, LGBTQ, whatever the full acronym is now, um, having their accounts suspended. And this, so it's, it's, it's the mirror opposite of what's happening in the West, you know. It, so it's, 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 it's just fascinating. Um, look, I mean, I see China take getting breaking apart these monopolies and these oligarchs and saying, I see Xi, like what he did to, to Ant, right, with Jack Ma, after Jack Ma already had built, you know, Alibaba, which blows Amazon away just for the sheer billions of people in China and that use it outside of China, right? It's, it's not just buy the product, it's source and will manufacture the product and sell the product and have Amazon ship it sell it to amazon um and for them to break up ant and for them to get involved and say our government is going to own you when your company's successful enough in china the communist party comes to you and they says they say david you've made it congratulations you're worth you know your company's worth a billion rmb you're now part of the communist party and with the communist party you and us own 51% of your company and the other 49% is divided, is now diluted from your initial shareholders. Welcome to the Communist Party. You're just like, like, wow, right? Talk about dilution. In the States, we're being run by these, mono- these monopolies, these oligarchs that have turned into to monopolies. I mean, look at the effect that Big Pharma has on us right now. Every single post fact-checked by this, this label on this. I mean, I've never seen propaganda like this in my life, and never did I dream I would. It's like, even if you believe in the science, you don't want to see it anymore. <laughs> like, <Yeah>. Enough. Like, <laughs> uh, you know, enough. So, it's just, uh, oh, man, it's just, it's it's wild. It's, uh, I just, I, I I pray for the days when we can all sit at a table and and communicate and covid restrictions have definitely made that made that harder um i don't like you know like you said i don't see governments ever giving back emergency measures and boundaries that they've overstepped i i I only see them getting worse and like you said with climate change um you know the biggest the wisest voices that i've heard on solutions for climate change have been the the scientists that have wanted to battle it that for, for the longest, and they're the ones that are now science silenced by the communities. The ones with solutions to it. I mean, Bill Gates, as weird as I think he is, had a complete solution in what, 2018 to go nuclear and prove there was enough depleted uranium in the United States to power the entire United States, not vehicles, the entire United States for the next hundred years. And he was crushed. We're not doing this. There's no, the, the everyday person isn't going to be paying. You know, you've got climate scientists that have proven, as China does, as they did in the blizzards of Beijing, where they shot rockets into the air to change the precipitation. We all have that tech. Well, the you know, you guys, the US, China has the technology to mimic an effective volcano, which blankets. The atmosphere to protect from global warming, directly protect from sunlight. Like answer done, data done, and the the climate scientist who who brought that out has been silence He was just on Joe Rogan. It's you know, it's wild. So so it's a weird path we're on.
0: It is, mate. But it's an exciting one, uh, bro. We gotta wrap it up. Um, thanks so much for your time today, mate. But I want to. Uh, I know you are a font of wisdom, so I want to give you the last word here and uh, any final thoughts for our listeners. But thanks so much for, for coming on today, mate.
1: Oh, guys, I mean, hey, thanks for having me. Um, I, I'd love to get back anytime. Uh Fight the good fight. Get out of your comfort zone. Get to know other cultures before you judge them. Again, travel, exposure is the, uh, is the best education
0: guys thank you so much for listening today and david thanks for coming on mate you are welcome anytime sir um guys thank you to combat fuel thank you to zulu alpha straps thank you to the royal british legion would we'll not be able to do this podcast without any of them i uh, remember to use the code vsom if you're ordering from um, from combat fuel i also always forget to give you that one but it'll uh, get you some money off and it'll let them know that we sent you so everybody is a winner um and if you want to buy any of my books You know where to find them. Actually, you don't because I haven't told you. (laughs) Well, I'll tell you right now. You can find them by emailing me, by um, just dropping me a DM, at Veteran State of Mind, or at GRJ Books. Um, All the stuff is down in the show notes, guys. So just, if you're interested in any of the books, give me a shout. And if you want the ones that aren't signed, then you can just get those at your usual places where you buy the books. Um, All right, guys. Thank you so much for listening today. We'll be back with another episode next week. I'll catch you next time, and I love you. Bye.
2: Listen. Shout Caesar. You told me not to worry, and you wouldn't break my heart You told me you were sorry, yeah, my whole world fell apart You said it's not my fault, and yeah, I've never done you wrong I'm grinding to a halt, now I can see you're moving on I promised I'd get better, and I told you things would change You keep me to the gutter, yeah, I'll never be the same I've got to let you go now, live your life and spread your wings And yeah, you put on quite a show, and pulled the puppet strings And are you sure that you don't want me, remember all the pain Or maybe you should thank me, it's your loss and my gain I'm leaving now forever, out but yeah, you've taken me for granted And you should feel ashamed You sold a dream to all of us A dream that we'd all die for A reason for us all to live And something we could fight for I might just help a man up to his feet Or hold a new bomb But no matter what I do My hands remembering my rifle, yeah Life's hard, I know that Still wouldn't change shit I wouldn't go back, yeah I wouldn't go back Feelings I hold back Fate, yeah, they go first. Yeah, they go first. Good times to come and go. Survive the highs and lows. Just take a step by step. I guess, yeah, I suppose. Good times to come and go. Survive the highs and lows. Just take a step by step. I guess, yeah, I suppose. It's time to speak the truth now and let me get this amplified. Not holding back, no one personified and terrified. I thought I had the knowledge what it takes to save a life until I lost three friends in one week to suicide. Now, let me ask you this do you think you could sleep at night? Depression is consuming you. You're happy seems out of sight. I'm putting up a fight, I'm screaming out these battle cries I'm just a lonely soul, a man amongst the men that died I lost my faith in everything and sat down with the devil Spoke with him for hours, Yeah, he made it sound so simple I don't know how it got this bad, I guess it's accidental But before I knew it, I had a gun up to my temple I was ready to end it and call upon the curtain No amount of drugs or alcohol could take away the hurting I couldn't see another way out and it wasn't working As I cocked the gun to my head, the devil started smirking I looked at him confused about his motive and direction Yeah it hit me, After looking at myself, it's my reflection I won't forget it, that feeling of acceptance I can beat the guy that's looking back with knowledge as my weapon Cause it's inside of you and it's inside of me The real killer in depression is to suffer silently The journey's rough, the road is long, you've just got to accept You haven't got to see the whole staircase, just the first step And have you ever felt to pack your bags and run away The black sheep of your family, an outcast to a lonely stray But let me tell you now, it's normal if you feel that way You wanna leave the shit behind and go and find a happy place What if I told you, the real thrillers in the chase No matter how fast you can run, you'll never find a hiding place I've lived the story that I'm telling, I know is cheap. I'm living 18 stories up, but I'm a 100 deep I said in Superman I'd live and laugh and dance for days Until the day my casket get it's hard up in these darker days We focus on the latest crazy cloud our minds in purple haze Trying to understand the reason why our birth takes place I'm near the end now, and I guess it's time for closure I've lowered the gun from my head, turn it to the holster I'm strong enough to carry on with weight upon my shoulders My letter to the world, confessions of a soldier, yeah Life's hard, I know that Still wouldn't change shit, I wouldn't go back yeah, I wouldn't go back, feelings I hold back Memories, fate, yeah, they go fast Yeah, they go fast Good times to come and go, survive the highs and lows Just take a step by step, I guess, yeah, I suppose Good times to come and go, survive the highs and lows Just take a step by step, I guess, yeah, I suppose Yeah Rest in peace to every single man that I've lost Swift and bold forever, BB4E, DFT for our tomorrow they gave us today see you at that final reel when one war ends another one begins hey you already locked that off bro